YouTube comments, head coaching search news, and some good news from John Mechie. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Congratulations. Uh, you made it to a, another weekend, another Friday. <laughs> I'm John Dickman. This is Cody Davis. We've all made it. We've had a crazy week. A head coach fired before Black Monday. Uh, a lot of rumors of who the Houston Texans want to interview. A lot of requests. Sean Payton, Ben Johnson, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's name is not off the list. The Houston Texans uh, got some good news from a player, John Metchie, who they drafted in the 2022 NFL Draft, who was diagnosed with leukemia. He's recovering well and looks like he'll be around uh, quicker than what they expected for the offseason programming. Hmm. Uh, you got some bad, you got some good, Cody. Let's kick it off with let's just have a good show today. Yeah, I wouldn't good. necessarily say nothing is bad. I think because we don't have to worry about watching no more football from the Houston Texans in 2022, 2023, however you want to look at this season. That's even good news. I think the only bad news is the fact that there is a man by the name of Lovey Smith who is not who is out of a job. However, it's not all that bad because he's still on the team. He get to kick off his shoes and relax his feet, and he's still going to have money rolling in. But let's just look ahead at the Houston Texans coaching search as relax of right now. Well. He can kick off his shoes and relax his what? Relax his feet. Okay. <laughs> You thought I said what you thought I said. Let's keep it going, man. Well, listen, <laughs> Ben Johnson, they had the interview uh, with Ben Johnson on Thursday. Yes, sir. Uh, Jonathan Gannon is coming up as well. What day is that, Cody? Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, who was a top three candidate for this organization last year. Um, he is going to have his interview on Saturday. Of course, as you guys know, with the Philadelphia Eagles in the middle of the playoffs, this will be a virtual interview. So if he makes it to the next round, then it will work something out to try to get him here in person. But John, as you alluded to, Ben Johnson, one head coaching um, interview has already been taking place. For those of you guys who don't know or who had missed the show, when John and myself looked at Ben Johnson as a possible candidate, um, he is the offensive coordinator for the De for the Detroit Lions. He went down there and basically helped Jared Goff reestablish his career in the league. This is a guy who has helped the Detroit Lions go from go from scoring 19 points per game to 26 points per game. They recorded 35 touchdowns last year to 54 this year. Um, last year they recorded 321st downs. This year. 376. This is one of those guys that John, you was really high on. Um, this is one of those guys where I like to see them go after this particular coach because, as I alluded to on yesterday or day before yesterday, you know, 
you can get a coach that is tied to a great player, i.e. when the Houston Texans hired Bill O'Brien a few years back. Everybody knows that the, the, the great player he was tied to was, was Tom Brady. Of course, the, the coaching tree, which, I mean, it's not really that impressive. I don't know what's wrong with his coaching tree. But at the end of the day, that was a guy that had learned everything from Bill Belichick. I like Ben Johnson because you can see that he's basically made a lot of improvements to a team that's a little bit similar to the Houston Texans, have not had that, have not had that much success. However, with him as the as that team offensive coordinator, he really took the Detroit Lions offense to another level. If they do decide to go with him, John, I wouldn't be mad at. The Houston Texans have also requested to interview Rams assistant head coach and tight end coach Thomas Brown. So just to keep you guys updated on that, we got to dive into some of these comments, man. It's like hmm. I said. Uh, been a fun week for a lot of the Houston Texan fans, whether you are a fan on Twitter or a fan on the, you know, in the YouTube comments or uh, your own podcast. I think that this week uh, has been full of interaction. There's <laughs> been some positive interaction. There's been some uh, not so positive interaction, but shout out to you guys, the listeners of the show that, you know, pretty much kind of keep it positive and have a good time, have fun in those comments. But, I do want to dive over to the comments right now. And Myron Benson can't feel bad for Lovey. He knew what he was getting into. He knew we didn't have the talent, but he chose to sign that blood contract. Defense and offense, offense schemes were – well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The defense and offensive schemes were ass. Tampa 2 played out. It's been played out. So I don't care about race. The race car, he talked a good game, but didn't show it. Hmm. I mean, necessarily say he talked a good game because, like I said, every look, everyone knew that a lot of politics went into the Houston Texans um, hiring Lovey Smith. Um, John, you know me, I've been saying it a lot, and I'm going to say it again. Whatever they was planning when they departed from. David Cully, it backfired on them, and I'm still under belief. I think this organization would have been in a better light had they kept David Cully for another season. Um, however, everyone knew that Lovey Smith did not have the talent. However, no one, including myself, thought that the Texans under Lovey Smith's tenure could be just as worse, if not worse, than what we saw from David Cully in 2021 and i think that is where the biggest issue is like i know no nobody really had this team going to the playoffs a lot of people like myself had this team winning somewhere in the ballpark the five to seven games nobody could ever imagine a team with lovey smith you know i understand outside of his career with the chicago bears it hasn't been that great didn't have success at tampa did not have success on the collegiate level didn't have success in houston but i still find it hard to believe that a Houston Texans team under Lovey Smith won at least one less game than the Houston Texans team under David Cully. Want to keep it with the, uh, Lovey Smith? Uh, my left hook is the name. <laughs> my left hook. Uh, you guys get real creative with these YouTube names, man, I, and I love it. Thank you, Lovey Smith, for everything you did for us. Space, 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 space,
Listen, and then shout out to one of my favorite uh, YouTube commenters, our family here, Sarah McCoy. She commented and said, or did to us. Uh, that's one thing I like about Sarah, man. Sarah, Sarah really don't care about it. She goes, she gonna say what's on her mind, and um, I like that. Uh, let's see what, what what we got. Oh yeah, so my man, we talked about Sean Payton coming here to town. My man, Brando, keep it one hundred. All right, mm. Brando. Okay, I'm not giving up the number twelfth overall pick for Sean Payton. I'm sorry, but we have too many holes to be giving up draft capital. For a coach, same thing I said. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people, and we talked about this on Thursday. So I think a lot of people feel that way. Honestly, you're gonna get those in the crowd that want Sean Payton, and I think that uh, Sean Payton, his name, does more for uh, this franchise as of right now. Of course, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but getting excited about Sean Payton, the name, I think is, you know, what makes people want Sean Payton and even consider giving up one of those first round picks. And, um, man, I think it was uh, James on Twitter. He goes about young Ari. Uh, he, he went down and broke it down. Like, you know, Sean Payton with that one Super Bowl win, He's had some amazing seasons, but a lot of those seasons were never capped off with a real playoff run. Or then he had those moments where he was going 79 for consecutive years. And I think Sean Payton is a hell of a coach, but I don't I don't think he's worth uh the number 12 overall pick. You know who Sean Payton reminds me of and Kevin when- James. No, you know, <laughs> I see what you did. Now, I actually like that movie, by the way. I, I ain't gonna lie. The idea of King and Queen playing uh, uh, somebody, uh, Sean Payton, down established in New Orleans. Man, I just thought that was. Oh, Why does Sean Payton need a movie? Why does Sean Payton and Kurt Warner need a movie, anyways? I just thought that was weird. No, Kurt Warner, I can see him because his the way he became a Hall of Famer, that's pretty much. A movie within itself. Sean Payton don't know, but I actually like that movie. But what I will say is this, and if he gets traded to whatever team, it's going to be even more realistic. And I kind of hate to say this, but Sean Payton to me is the NFL version of Doc Rivers in the NBA. Ah. You you have a head coach that's well respected, that 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 knows the game of football, and in Doc Rivers' case, the game of basketball has had a ton of success in the regular season. But they are still living off that one championship that they have. And when you when you remove that championship, even though I do believe that it possibly could have been another championship had they thrown that no flag, that, that flag for that pass interference call a few years back. But I'm not going to talk about it. In, in the words of, of Lovey Smith, that's hypotheticals. We can't get into the hypotheticals, but I'm still hurt and upset about that. But that's still a coast that is still living off that one Super Bowl win, that is still a coach that is tied to at least one Hall of Famer in Drew Brees, just like Doc Rivers in a way he is tied to, of course, the Celtics 2008. And he is tied to, regardless of all the players that he coached, at the end of the day, he's still tied to Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. So I think that is the best way I could put it. And when I even think about Sean Payton in that light, 
just as a Houston Texans reporter, that definitely makes me say, no, I want somebody new. I want somebody fresh, rather that be Ben Johnson or rather that be D'Amico Ryans or whoever the case might be. But, you know, that, that's just the way I see things. Speaking of D'Amico, Ryan's got a couple of great things here, uh, questions. So we're going to look at D'Amico Ryan's when we come back. Some more YouTube comments. It's Friday, y'all. Let's have a little fun after the up and down roller coaster week. That is the Houston Texans franchise. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. It's super, super easy, super simple. And with LinkedIn Jobs, they help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates out there. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. So let's make it super easy, super simple. Check out LinkedIn jobs right now. It helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. So still in the YouTube comments right now. And truly unfortunate. Yeah, it's another... Another name. Why don't you're on YouTube and something's <laughs> truly unfortunate. But they had a you know interesting question and we hadn't necessarily talked about it. We mentioned it a couple of times and what that could possibly mean for the rejuvenation of the franchise. But how do you feel about D'Amico Ryan's, Cody? Mm, I like D'Amico Ryan's. Um, I I mean he's been a defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers for what two, two three seasons. seasons now. And been a part of that coaching staff before Mm -hmm. being named D.C. Robert Sala was the D.C. before he left to New York. That's right. That's right. So within those two seasons where he was a defensive coordinator, the San Francisco 49ers were top three in defense. That says a lot. And it, it, But it brings me back to another point. I see D'Amico Ryans. I see Jonathan Gannon. Um... And I'm looking at it from a standpoint of both of those guys have done a really good scratch that they have done a damn good job with their respective organizations, building up the defense. I think the San Francisco 49ers, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they ended the season with the number one rated defense. And then the Philadelphia Eagles was like two or three, maybe four somewhere on that list. I remember seeing the list earlier because I wrote about it like a couple of days ago. But at the end of the day, they were like top three, top five. So that gets me excited because, you know, this defense, they could use a lot of help. However, John, in terms of what I would like to see in a coach, it kind of brings me back to the conversation you and I had early on in the week. You was a big fan of Ben Johnson. I'm a big fan of Mike Kafta. You're looking at both guys who help elevate 
two struggling organizations on the offensive side of the ball, one with the New York Giants, one with the Detroit Lions. And I really do believe that the Houston Texans really have to consider, do they want more so their head coach to be a defensive-minded coach or offensive-minded coach? And for me personally, even though I like D'Amico Ryans, once again, one of my favorite Texans of all time, I was a big fan of John Jonathan Gannon um, last year during the coaching search. To me, I think because this Houston Texans offense has been so subpar, especially considering that this is a team that's going to likely draft either Bryce or CJ, I think it might be in this Texan in the Texans' best interest to hire an offensive-minded head coach. Man, and you know, let's not also forget about um, Ejiro. Mm, uh, the DC one. for for Denver, and so mm-hmm. I think ultimately, I think it comes down to if we're looking at what we want is different from what we should. We think the real considerations for the Houston Texans should be. Oh yeah, and I think ultimately it look it really does depend on how this team is going to attack this offseason, free agency, the draft yeah, that now. Makes sense. When we look at the draft, what's number one? Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we look at getting options for your quarterback. And I'm still curious to see how the Houston Texans really do go about free agency. Of course, by the time free agency rolls around, they will have their head coach. And then, you know, whether or not Nick Serio is around or they have a new GM in that role. But I think it ultimately does come down to how they view this free agency and draft class and how they feel like. Uh, going about constructing the roster and how that can make this team better. I like D'Amico and I like what he's done for the 49ers, but that team defensively had studs on every level. And Mm -hmm. that team defensively was already great by the time Robert Sala left. So he stepped into an amazing situation. I look at Ijiro for Denver, like that defense that he has rocking and rolling that if it wasn't for that offense being just complete stinky, we may have a different conversation about the AFC playoff race. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a very good job of drafting those guys. When I look at Ben Johnson and Mike Kafka, both of those guys on the offensive side of the ball, they did a very good job with the guys that they drafted in their franchise. Well, you know, Mike Kafka just got to New York this year with Brian Dable, but they did a very good job with the players that were already, you know, kind of there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and we look at some of the you know, Daniel Jones is already there, Saquon Barkley, who was healthy this year. I think maybe the shout out to my boy Field, <laughs> maybe the biggest silver lining of this offense being able to, you know, put points on the board this year compared to last year. I helped to Saquon, but we do like what Mike Kafka was able to do with a depleted and one of the worst. In terms of talent-wise, worst wide receiving groups in the NFL, hmm. right? So, Cal McNair, uh, and, and right now Nick Casario. Whenever they do bring in these head coaches during these interviews, one question that I would love to hear if I was a fly on the wall, but one of their approaches should be: How much do you value X, Y, and Z during this free agency? How much do you value uh, building up the wide receiver group? How much do you value building up this side of the ball? Because I think ultimately whatever guy that they go with, that is what they're going to, you know, use uh, 
you know, decide on that coach. But I don't, I'm not necessarily rocking with D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. Uh, I think that D'Amico should go to a situation that is much more stable than the Houston Texans, <laughs> to say the least. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there from pro football, got some college basketball. World Cup, NBA, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like the Locked on Texans podcast, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back in, Locked on Texans listeners and viewers. Uh, we got to talk about, if not the most inspiring story of the week, great news, good news, amazing news in re- regarding to rookie wide receiver John Mechie, hmm. uh, who was out his entire rookie year due to leukemia. According to general manager Nick Casario, he is doing well. Uh, had an opportunity, Nick Casario had an opportunity to swing by 610 and had a guest spot with Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast on Sports Radio 16. And he said that, I say there's a chance he'll be ready for the start of the offseason program. He continued with, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there are still some things that has to com- uh, he has to complete or go through. But quite frankly, it's amazing what he's doing up to this point. Um, mm. First and foremost, Football aside, glad that he's doing better. Glad that his health uh, is, is, you know, day by day getting better, getting better. He's been able to go through the recovery process in the great city of Houston. But just to hear that he's kind of ahead of schedule. uh, And Nick Osirio described him as a special player, special young man. That's great news for John Mechie. I mean, it's great news for the Texans. But it's even better news for John Mechie to hear that he's doing well. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see him out there on the field. I'm excited to see. How can I put it? I'm excited to see. And I know this is kind of funny for the because the Texans are looking at Ben Johnson. But I'm excited to see if John Mechie can be the Houston Texans St. Brown. Mm, man, I... <clears throat> I think he can, but I would say putting expectations on John, at least for this year, it's going to have to take a hold, man, um, because given everything that he has gone through over the past year, because uh, you also got to keep in mind he, he was also recovering from the ACL injury, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's been so long since we mentioned the ACL with him. I, uh, I kind of almost forgot. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was an ACL or MCL, but, um, you know, I'm just going to be so happy just to see him, just to see a survivor, you know, because like you said, John, look, at the end of the day, football aside, man, this is a young man who still has his whole life ahead of him. Um, I think we all know how serious this, you know, this disease can be. And, you know, I had an opportunity to see him throughout the season every now and then. Um, he had he he used to go in the locker room and hang out with you know a lot of his teammates. Um, by the way, I always did like how all the rookies kind of like 
met up together and it was like their own little path, their own little entity, as, as you like to say, John. But, you know, I, I had an opportunity to see John Mitchie throughout the um, season. Of course, didn't see him like work out of anything. We couldn't speak to him given everything that he was going was was dealing with but um even through all of that in the midst of that uh, even when the news broke a couple weeks later we had an opportunity to see him in training camp his spirits was always high he was always smiling every time he saw us he was waving um smiling at us i think he was teasing us because he knew that we wanted to speak to him but once again given everything that was going on nobody could speak to him but um you know like i say man you know i i just can't wait to hear his story um to share his story here on locked on Texans on um, Sports Illustrated or whatever the case might be, man. I'm just so excited to see another survivor, man. Well, I will say this. Nick Casario's words in describing John Mechie, he looks better now than he did when we drafted him in the spring. Mm. He's improved his strength. He's improved his lower body strength. Mm. So by the time Houston – Really sees him out on that field against, uh, op, you know, the opposite opponent in August. Conversation of who's the number one receiver, you know, may get hot. <laughs> but thank you guys for checking out this Friday episode. Hey, man, enjoy the weekend. Have fun. It's MLK Day on Monday. I know what I'm not going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be at work. I'm going to lift every voice and I'm going to sing. But make wow. sure that you check us out. <laughs> Each and every day here at the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment under Locked On Texans as well. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Really quick. Since Nick Casario want to give updates on players, I want to update on Justin Britt. We haven't seen or spoken or heard anything oh about Justin God, Britt since September or what? The week of week two because he only two. played that one game. What the hell happened to Justin Britt? It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's crazy. But, that is crazy. <laughs> but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>